Happy New Year. Welcome, everybody, to Sliders and Curveballs, season number two. We're so excited to be with you. We're in a new studio home right now, and uh, we encourage you to join us and listen and subscribe and check us out. Happy New Year, guys. We're so glad everybody's with us. We hope everybody had a wonderful holiday. How are you doing, Joseph? I'm doing well. Okay. Um, Joseph, tell me a little bit about what you've been up to lately. Now, you have been... uh, You've been very busy. Santa came. Uh, you had an incredible Christmas um, and wonderful holiday break. And you've also been doing some sports. You recently were just in yep. Basketball Skills Academy. Mm-hmm. And tell me about some of the things that you remember that you need to apply to your first basketball season that you learned from co- the coach. I'm going to tell you guys who play basketball some drills you could learn to get better too. Some good drills. Um. So there's where you can sleep the floor, where, like, if your defender's guarding you so so much, you could sleep the floor to the other side and pass it to your other teammate. Okay. And you can do a shot fake, which is not shooting the ball into the hoop and not letting it go off your hands. Just um, normal sh- normal shot, but you're faking it. Okay, so, so you kind of, like, get shooting. the defender yeah. off his feet and then maybe you'll be able to go around him or something like that. Okay. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, this, there was a is there a Kevin Durant move you learned? Yes. Okay. Um, it's called high elbows. So like if you have the ball in your hand, you put your chest back and then like you sweep the ball. Well, it's like sweeping the floor but sweeping the air. Okay, so he and Kevin Durant does that move all the time. This is why he was uh, he's an MVP candidate all the time when he's healthy. Is He's moving those elbows, and he's just catching the defenders off guard. Also, something about steps? Yeah. Um, and I wanted to add something to KD. Pretend you're outside. Nobody is around you. Well, your mom, um, well, uh, a defender's around you. Like, it's you and your friend. Okay. Um. And pretend you're trying to sweep the pollen away so it doesn't touch you. Oh, is that is that what he told you? I missed that second practice. No, so it, he didn't tell me. I'm just saying. Oh, you came up that. with it yourself. Mm-hmm. So you're like sweeping away pollen that's coming yeah. on you, and that's how you get your top moves. Yeah. And what were the what were the steps called? You did a hard one and a delicate oh, one. Oh, it's called um, jab step. So there's um, a kitten jab step. Like a tiny Kit Kat jab step. step. Soft. She calls it the kitten and mouse. Okay. Because they don't make sounds that much. Um, There's a monster jab step where you step and, like, it's so loud that you could hear your person a mile away. Okay, so you're, like, making a heavy stomp to the ground and you're kind of like... I'm doing a big move, and then all of a sudden you catch the guy off guard. Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to create space. You're trying to create some air space for you to be able to get that ball off so you get a good look at the rim and your defender's hands are down or you kind of caught him off guard. Makes sense, right? Yeah. And then um, you also learn chest passes. You learn bounce passes. Uh, what's what's good, a high dribble, a low dribble? You want, I would say... For people in first grade and second, mm-hmm. I would say up to your waist. Okay. And for kindergartners, I would say I would do it like up to where your thigh is. Okay. So you don't want to go dribbling all the way up 
to your chin because then that person who's defending you is going to have a real easy chance at a swipe and grab and go, right, for starting their own fast break. And when you're older, like a fourth or third grader, it's better for you because you can dribble high. You dribble high and it's, um, and like, if you're guarding a small defender, then like they could get, they could, they can't steal the ball that easy. Fantastic. Well, that's good. So you're going to be able to apply some of these great things from the Skills Academy to your mm -hmm. first games, and your games are coming up on Saturdays. I think you have about 10 games, including a couple of double, he double headers, which you're going to be able to get involved with. So you're going to have a major workout, and I look forward to seeing you uh, um, scoring, and your player rating will go up, just like, just like 2K, right? So as we normally like to do on the podcast, before we get into kind of some of our topics for the day, we usually like to do a Twitter challenge. So Joseph will pick a athlete that he really likes their play, how they are on the field, um, the ability that they have, and we will hashtag them and invite them through Twitter um, if they want to come to the studio. We have two more chairs here open for guests. We're going to have guests this year in season two, and if or if they just want to send me a message or if they want to just um, send me a tweet, I'll share that information with you. We've had some legendary sports writers replied to us, but now we're looking in season two, 2020, to have our first athlete come on. So do you have somebody in mind that you want to do on the Joseph's, the very first Joseph's Twitter challenge of 2020, a new decade? Yes. You have the person in mind. Okay. Who are we, who are we thinking about here? George Springer. George Springer. Does he have a nickname? Yes. What is that? Springer Dinger. Springer Dinger, because he definitely hit some home runs, and he was he was the World Series MVP the year that Houston won it. Now, what is his number? Four. And what um, position are we talking about on the field for our listeners who maybe don't watch Houston all the time? Right field. He plays right field, and you're familiar with right field yeah. too, right? One of your greatest plays of the year was from right field when you were in Little League Travel this year. Mm -hmm. um, and any idea what town he's from? Hard hitting New Britain. Okay, so he's one town over from where we live and a couple of towns over from the new studio that we're in. And we might actually go to the same restaurants as George. He probably grew up shopping at the same places that you go to shop at. And so we want to invite number four from the Houston Astros, New Britain native, George Springer, two sliders and curveballs, come chop it up with Joe. He can ask you a few questions. He's got all kinds of things on his mind. Talk to him a little bit about the position of right field, what it's like to be a great hitter. We encourage you to reach out to me on Twitter and hey, pull up a chair. We'll, we'll talk with you and bring you right here in the studio when you're coming on home and visiting uh, New England. Wouldn't that be sweet, Joe? Like my, he said, like my dad said, two chairs open. Exactly. Alrighty, so I look forward to seeing it. I hope George responds. It'll be fantastic mm -hmm. for him. It'll be a lot of fun. All right, so what we're going to do today, Joseph, is we normally have a topic or two that we tackle for our podcast just to kind of start off the new year and because we're getting used to the brand new studio and all of the state-of-the-art equipment that are in here. Um, it's uh, a lot to see and a lot to do, and we're just kind of learning. We're going to play a, a baseball game, all right? And that game is called... Pepper. You look at me funny. Now, there's a lot of signs at a lot of different ballparks 
that actually are posted behind home plate and even in the major leagues, and it says, no pepper. And so you may think to yourself, what do they, what do they mean by that sign? No peppers on food? Well, kind of. Pepper is the condiment that you sprinkle, just like salt, in order to make something possibly taste better. Now, but in baseball, pepper is actually a game that hitters and fielders will play where the hitter hits a ball, the fielder catches it, he throws the ball quickly back to the hitter, he tries to hit the thrown ball, he hits it again, another person tries to catch it, they try to throw the ball, he tries to hit it, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Now, the reason that they have the sign that says no pepper is because sometimes the throws, sometimes the hits, they get sprayed all over the place. It could hit somebody? You don't want to hit a fan. Also, I think that sign is from the groundskeeper. When there's a bunch of people that are playing in the out, um, in the field, they're all moving the beautiful grass and they're wearing it out. So they put up a sign that says, oh, no pepper, because they don't want you to A, hurt anybody, and also they don't want you to wear out a spot in the grass that he has to go ahead and plant new seeds and repair it because so many people are in a concentrated area constantly playing this ball. I actually brought with me a definition. It says, pepper is a common pregame exercise in which one player hits brisk grounders and line drives to a group of fielders, for instance, your baseball team, mm -hmm. who are standing about 20 feet away. The fielders throw the balls to the batter who use a short, light swing to hit the ball on the ground towards the fielders. And the fielders field the ground balls and continue tossing the ball to the batter. This keeps, this makes the fielders and batters alert and it helps to develop quickness and good hand-eye coordination and decision-making. But some ballparks have banned pepper because the danger of balls landing in stands and injuring spectators and because it's a concentrated play that damages grass. So many ballparks will display, and here's a little picture of it on the sign, no pepper, warnings, and they'll put them right behind home plate. It's funny how terms get their names. Like for instance, you know where the pitchers who are getting ready to come into a game are practicing, they're practicing in a bullpen? Well, relief pitchers, they're known to be the bulls of a baseball team. So they keep them, kind of like in the days of a rodeo, they keep the pitchers in a pen before they're getting ready to enter the main arena. And in this case, it would be the pitcher's mound. So that's where sometimes these names come from. The word pepper has to do with the sprinkling, kind of like you'd sprinkle on your macaroni and cheese, right? The sprinkling of the ball all over, that's where the word pepper came from. So in baseball, they say no pepper, but today you and I are going to play pepper. I'm going to sprinkle a bunch of questions to you and you're going to answer them. Now let's start off with our very first one. Our very first pepper question, which could be a slider and it could be a curveball, is we just found out about the NFL wild card. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Now I gave you a bracket. Four games are going to happen this weekend. For all of our fans out there, your coaches, your teachers, moms and dads, your schoolmates, your teammates, we're going to break news right now on who are going to win 
these games. I'm sorry to the fans that are not on Joseph's winning teams. I'll share my uh, winners as well. But we have four games, and I want you to take me through, Joe. Walk me through who's going to win those games this weekend and then go into the playoffs. Okay. So the first one is the Buffalo Bills visit Houston Texans. And the winner is the Houston Texans. Okay, game number two. Ten. Tennessee. Tennessee Titans visit the New England Patriots. Okay, and who do you like in that game? Patriots. Oh, now is this who you're rooting for, or who you really think is going to win? I really think they're going to win. Okay, and what are we talking about? Uh, do you have any uh, difference makers in the game? Key players that would help them? Yes. Who who do you got in mind? Edelman and Tom Brady. Okay, so you got um, basically the Patriots going forward and the Houston Texans. The main key players to winning. Absolutely, and then in the next round of games, we have two teams. Can you tell us who those are? Minnesota Vikings visit New Orleans Saints. Um, and I want the New Orleans Saints, but I'm rooting for the Minnesota Vikings, but I want the New Orleans Saints to win. And who do you think could be a difference maker in that game? Drew Brees. What did Drew Brees recently do that we were recently talking about in our last episode um, of 2019? He broke the touchdown record. Previously owned by Peyton Manning, most career regular season touchdowns, the new champion is Drew Brees. And so you think that... That's going to be the winning team. And in the fourth wild card game, what's the matchup? Seattle Seahawks visit the Philadelphia Eagles. And who do you think is going to come up with that one? Philadelphia Eagles. Alrighty. So there's a there's a common theme about the. I I agree with some of your picks. You might be more right than I, but there's a common theme in your decisions here. What is this? What is similar about all the four teams that you've selected? As you heard, if you heard me say visit, I picked all the home teams because I think they have a better chance of winning because, like, it's their home crowd. Thousands and thousands of people are going to be there. So I'm going to think, like, home crowd has better advantage of winning. So you're taking all— Sometimes I could go wrong. Sometimes I could go right. But home crowd mostly wins. So you're thinking home team, home crowd, incredible loud atmosphere. You're saying clean sweep for the wild card. Joseph's predictions, all four home teams are winning. They're all moving on. Let me go ahead and take a look at mine. Um, The first game was the Buffalo Bills versus the Houston Texans. I disagreed with you. I am going to go with Buffalo. I'm going to say, listen, this is the first time in 21 years that Buffalo has had this good of a record. And they have excellent defense. And I just think their fans, they are fanatics for football. Even though they're going to be on the road, I still think that they're going to travel to Houston to watch the team play. They call them Bill's Mafia. They even have one guy who squirts ketchup and mustard all over him as an annual ritual before the games. So I'm going to say, in game number one, upset. Buffalo Bills are moving on. In game number two, we have the Tennessee Titans and the New England Patriots. He's got his fingers crossed right across from me. I'm taking the New England Patriots. Yes! Okay, but 
I feel that this is going to be the closest game of the four wild card games. Oh, Why? Great. This will be very, very close. It will not shock me at all if New England loses in the first round. But I'm going to take the seniority and the legendary status and the experience of Mr. Tom Brady because you just can't go against him. But the thing is, on the other side of this equation is Mike Vrabel. Now, he's the coach of the Tennessee Titans. He played for Bill Belichick. He has three Patriots Super Bowl rings. If anybody knows the plays that Bill wants to run, the offense and the defense that they're in, it's going to be somebody that was part of the Patriots organization. And they also have an excellent running back. So would not be shocked at all, but I'm going to take New England just by a point or two. In the third game, the Minnesota Vikings versus the New Orleans Saints, I got two words for you. Drew Brees. So the Saints, they're winning. I agree with you. In the fourth game, Seattle Seahawks versus Philadelphia Eagles. I know the Eagles are at home. I know their fans are absolutely bonkers for their team. Unfortunately, it is in basketball. I apologize, Philly fans. Joseph is with you, but I'm going with Russell Wilson, and I'm taking them, the Seahawks, to win on the road. So my teams are Bills, Patriots, Saints, Seahawks to move on. We'll see who's right. We disagree on two games. We agree on two games, and we're going to see who's moving on. I'll tell you what, Joe. Grams and Mom, they would be so proud of what you're doing. When I was a kid, my mom used to tape me calling in to Arnold Dean on WTIC when I was younger. She'd put a little cassette tape, and she would say, go on the radio. Be caller number six. When they pick up, you can ask a question about the Red Sox or your favorite player, and you can say, and then I'll tape you. When you get off the phone with legendary um, radio announcer Arnold Dean, I'll play it back to you. You today are sitting in a professional podcast studio. The brand new one. Brand new one. I think we're like the first podcasters ever to use it. We're so thankful. We appreciate you, Bill, for letting us in. And I'll tell you what, you're in front of these incredible microphones and soundproof room and I'm so proud of you. You are so much more advanced than I was at seven. And this is just the thrill of a lifetime. Let me go ahead and hit you with a little bit more pepper. No um, man on the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, you, you just want to be able to say that song after Minnesota wins. All right. Wait, what? Now, let me go ahead and take you through our second question. No, I don't. No man on the Minnesota Vikings means there's no man that's going to stop Drew Brees on the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, I that's see what, what you, it means. Oh, right. Okay, that's true. Yeah, good. And you kind of put it into that new song. No oh, good one. Very on good. No man on the Minnesota Vikings. Down, 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 down. Now, what are the players playing for? Do you remember what the name of the trophy is? Yes. What is it? Wait, for, now, think for a second. I forgot. You saw six of them in person. Just Stanley about a month Cup? ago. No, Stanley Cup is hockey. They're oh. playing for the Lombardi Trophy. That's the one that they're all striving to get. That was named after coach Vince Lombardi in his memory in 1970. 
Do you remember what team Vince Lombardi coached? Rams as a fan. Green Bay. Okay. So he was the coach of the Green Bay Packers for nine Packers. years. Packers. He led them to five NFL championships, including the first two Super Bowls, 1966-1967. Uh, the Green Bay Packers beat the Chiefs. You saw the trophies in person. They're a thin metal made by the Tiffany Jewelry Company um, out of New Jersey in the Rhode Island area. They're 22 inches tall and seven pounds. You know the MOB trophy, the one with all the flags on it, 30 flags, 30 teams? That trophy is 20 pounds. So the they're playing for the Lombardi trophy. And what did, I just read that the players, they all get little miniature replicas, probably the size of these microphones. If you win the, if you win the Super Bowl, <laughs> so the owner gets the Lombardi trophy, and the players get little miniature ones as, as a souvenir. I thought the players got to keep the trophy as they trade it on. Well, no, they, they usually the owner will take it and they'll, they'll put it at the team um, practice facility or in the stadium. And once in a while, they'll bring it out in the public, which is why you and I got to see it with Jim and got to see those amazing trophies. And you remember the one that has the dent in it? Who, who put the dent in it? Gronkowski. Then how did he... Had the time to hit a baseball. Well, the thing is, this is what I this is what I learned. He was invited to throw out the opening pitch at the Boston Red Sox, and he brought the trophy with him. So he's warming up. Edelman threw that pitch to him. He used the Super Bowl trophy as a bat. Got the big dent in it. He was like, "Oh my! I didn't realize it would you know make that kind of huge." impact on it and then they went out and threw the first pitch brought the trophy out in front of all of Fenway Park that's why that's why they were warming up with baseball because they were going out to Fenway why did why would Edelman throw it couldn't like Eduardo Rodriguez throw it well I think they were just I know a real pitcher my gosh they would have broke the trophy but luckily he was just throwing it to him lightly they were probably playing a game of pepper I don't believe so (laughs) all right so back to Vince Lombardi He was a master coach. He was a master in the locker room, a motivator, football coach, and leader. He's not only famous for his great success on the football field, but he also has hundreds of inspirational quotes, things that you can remember in the back of your mind when you're playing or when you're in school. And I want to share a couple of my favorites with you and just say this, he was an amazing motivator. The first one is, This is from Vince Lombardi. Let me look at my notes here for a second. It's not whether you get knocked down. It's whether you get up. That makes sense. So in life, things are going to knock you down. It could be a bad day at school. It could be failing a test. It could be somebody scores 20 points on you and you score none. It could be striking out four times in a game. It could be applying for a job and you don't get it. But the coach is saying you could get knocked down a whole bunch of times, but the most important thing is to do what? Stay up. Get back up. Exactly. My second favorite quote from Vince Lombardi is, we always talk about be a leader. Every day I drop you off at school, I always say be a leader today. This one says, leaders are made. They are not born. They are made by hard effort, which is the price which all of us must pay to achieve any goal that is worthwhile. Leaders are dreamers. 
As they say. Can you repeat that one more time, Joe? Leaders are dreamers, as they say. I love it. So I want you to keep those two things in mind. Be a leader, and any time in life you get knocked down, whether it's on a basketball court or, or a bully, a bully, or maybe just a bad day at work. Or school the, for me. <laughs> right? The most important thing is to get right back up. All right. So, Joe, here's a, here's a little bit more pepper for you. Um, we were talking about this lightly in the car. Can you name six players, any sport, six players that you'd like to meet? John Cena. John Cena. Okay. So, he is bodybuilder. A lot of people don't know that he played college football. I actually think he might have been a center. The center is the, the guy that hikes the ball to the quarterback. Um, and obviously, he is a WWE superstar. But what I like most about John Cena is he has granted over 500 wishes to children that are ill, more than any other athlete. Much respect for John Cena. Let me hear a little shout out to him. Shout out to John Cena. I love it. And who, and who's your other one? Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts, number two. So another one that you'd like to meet. Oh, no, sorry, number two on the list. But he's, oh. yeah, he is number 50. Okay. Um, so we got to go with six six athletes that you'd like to meet. Do you have a third? Um, my third is, I know not that the big enemies, I would go with Aaron Judge. Okay. So, and when you say enemies, uh, you are a fan of? The Red Sox, but like in person, face-to-face, -face, Aaron Judge. I mean, this guy is, he's almost as big as Andre the Giant, isn't he? He's not even close. But no, I'm talking about height-wise. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, not weight-wise. Okay, and who do you have? Do you have a, uh, let's see, we do, we've done three. Do you have a fourth? Uh, yes. Um, That is Garrett Cole, who just got traded to the Yankees. Okay, so you want to meet some big-time rich uh, superstar. And do you have do you have any NBA guys in mind, or what? What else were you thinking? I'm gonna go NBA. Wait, what number is this for? I think you have two more. Oh yay! Um, I'm gonna go with. Wait, he's a Twitter challenge, so never mind. That's okay. No, that's fine. It could be oh. a past Twitter challenge. Yeah. Yeah, Kemba Walker. Okay, and then you you went with Kemba from the Boston Celtics, and do you have one last one? What would your last one be? I am. I want to go with Tanaka. You want to go with Tanaka, the pitcher. Okay, so you you have a couple of pitchers on your list. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Well, you went with Cole too, didn't you? Yeah, that's two, not a lot. A you lot picked three Yankees. A Red Sox fan picks three Yankees. Yeah. So. Okay, and what about our? Do you want to add a bonus in? Because I know that Steph's a big. I'll give you one bonus player. This is for the one time only, though. And so who, who's, who else, who is one of your favorite non-Celtics? Stephen Curry. All right. Well, that would be fantastic, too. Now, if we only were able to get one of them to join us right here with this empty chair to my left in the studio, who do you think you'd probably do? Would you go with the Celtic, Kemba Walker, or what would you do? I'm going to go with Kemba. All right. And... Let's just say, he, so he walks in the door, click the door opens, Kemba sits down, number eight. 
Is he in his jersey or is he in his street clothes? Jersey. Okay. And then he goes, I, hey, Joseph, it's so cool to be on sliders and curveballs. I only have time for one question. What would you, what would you ask him? I would ask him, what, would it, what does it feel like being traded from a team and play against them the next day? Okay, so he originally played for? Charlotte, trade to Boston, then like in the, I want to say the fourth game, the beginning of the season, he played them, and I want to know what it feels like. What, what does it feel like to step into an arena that everybody loved you, and they still like you, but now you're technically wearing a different uniform? Yeah. Oh, that would be neat to learn. All right, well, one thing I want to tell you, Joe, is we do a sports podcast. We love sports, but players... Just as in life, sometimes they can let you down. Sometimes they switch teams. Sometimes they don't always act the best. I just want to let you know that a hero, somebody that you admire, don't get stuck on sports athletes, okay? They'll let you down. Heroes are moms. Dads. Dads. People in the military. Police, ambulance, fire. Firefighters, teachers. People that are having you learn, people that are having you grow, people that are fighting for your freedom. So we can come today on a day off. Mookie the, Betts is one too. He donates a lot of his money to charity. Well, no, I love that. And I love the whole thing about John Cena with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. But I just want to let you know, when you're thinking about heroes in life, the real heroes, even though we love to take a break from all the things happening in life and get absorbed with sports and it's a great distraction, the number one heroes, you've mentioned a bunch of them, firefighters, policemen, teachers, the military, Mookie your mom, Betts. your dad, your grandparents. Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts, he's, he's somebody that I hope is going to stay with the Red Sox, but we'll see. What, all, what, what happens if he signs a big deal and he ends up becoming a Baltimore Oriole, you know? If he comes to the Yankees, that means Aaron Judge is out of here. You think, and then maybe we'll t we can convince Aaron Judge here, right here in the studio, to come play for the Red Sox. Mm -hmm. Let's see. <laughs> I don't think he'll like that, though. You don't think so? All right, let me go with another question for you. Speaking of Garrett Cole, do you know what a do you know what a job salary is? Mm mm. Okay, a salary is what somebody is paid to do a job. Mm -hmm. Now, baseball players and all other athletes, they actually make money in order to be able to play. Garrett Cole is the New York Yankee pitcher, former Astro, who just signed the largest Major League Baseball pitching contract ever. $36 million a year for nine years is $324 million. That's his deal with the Yankees. Holy potato chips. Okay, holy potato chips is right. Now, if you go ahead... Let's just, I looked up a couple of stats. Some of our heroes, he makes, Garrett makes $36 million a year. I understand that that's hard for a seven-year-old to understand. An average firefighter in Connecticut makes $50,000 a year. I could understand everything you're saying except the word that you said before. Okay, with salary. But the thing is, it's hard to visualize millions and millions and millions of dollars. So to our listeners out there, I want to break this down for you. A firefighter, a true hero, makes $50,000 in a year. Garrett Cole, who's a pitcher, makes $36 million. The president of the United States, the decision maker on what is, becomes a law, he's supposed to care for the country, 
He makes $400,000 a year. He gets $50,000 in expenses, and then also he gets some traveling and perks and things like that. So he makes that much, nowhere near what Garrett Cole from the Yankees makes. I was checking on a breakdown. Garrett Cole is going to make approximately $2 million per start. So every single time it's his turn to pitch, that game, he's going to make about $2 million, which works out to somewhere between $170,000 and $200,000 per inning. You only have to get how many outs in an inning? Three. Is that the most um, money that a baseball player in the current season has ever sold? I think it's one of the largest contracts ever for a pitcher. I think Mike Trout is way up there as well. So with Garrett, $170,000 to $200,000 per inning. Sometimes it only takes 15 or 20 minutes. Think about that, Joe. It takes 15 or 20 minutes maybe to get three outs. You strike out the first guy. The second guy hits a grounder to third base, and the third guy pops it up to the center fielder. The inning's over. He just made $180,000. In one inning, he makes the same amount of money as four, approximately, four Connecticut firefighters do in an entire year. Garrett Cole, one inning of baseball, four firefighters' annual salary. Garrett Cole striking out people. Firefighters are running into a building to save lives and they're risking their own lives. So I just wanted to make a distinction. Money is nuts for what sports. I don't know his stats right off the top of my head, but he's really up there as well. The reason that players get all this money is because billionaires with a B, they own teams, fans fill stadiums, and they get these incredibly astronomical television deals and that allows athletes to be paid so much. He struck out, um, what's it called? He struck out everybody versus the, I forgot what team was it, the TB? Oh yeah, no, he had, he pitched great against them. So when you look at the salaries, they're just nuts as it relates to sports and it's not really relative to what the rest of the world is going through. Mm -hmm. So just keep in mind, it's kind of uh, two parts question. It's who are your heroes in life? Who should they be? What do people make in life? What are they worth? And what's the true value of somebody who's a hero? You know, Garrett pitching one inning or a firefighter when your house is burning down and all your valuables are going to be lost. You know, it's firefighter every time for me. Now, I want to go ahead and tell you question number five. Do you have a couple stadiums, arenas, or ballparks that are on your personal wish list that you'd like to visit one day? Yes, I have five. You do? Okay, well, go ahead and tell me a couple of them and, and, and places that you want to visit because you want to be in the environment to be a fan. I want to go to the TD Garden, which I'm going in January. I'm going to see... The TD Garden is where? Boston Celtics okay. Stadium. Do you remember uh, which teams you're going to see? Um, uh, the first one is the Golden State Warriors. I'm going in, I'm seeing it... Um, by myself, and then my cousin comes up Friday um, from Talk, and he comes to see the next day them play their biggest rival, the Philadelphia 76ers. And, and who, who's, who's their top player? 
Joel Embiid and Al <laughs> and then who's, who's their shooter? He's not very good at threes, but he's a good slasher. Do you remember his name? Ben <laughs> Simmons. So we're going to see how the Celtics do against them. It's basically speed versus height, and we'll see how they come out. So J.J. Redick was still on the team. They would have like a record 30 and nothing. Well, yeah, because he's a great out, outside shooter. He really helps them space the floor. So you want to go to the TD Bank in Boston, and you're going to accomplish that in the next 30 days or so. What are a couple of the other places that you want to visit? California. Oh, you do want to go to California. So you want to go to, what do you want to go to see out there? You want to go to Dodger Stadium? You want to go to the brand new Golden State? Mm-hmm. Golden State. You want to go see Golden State? And LA, that's three. Okay. Uh, LA, you want to go to what, a Lakers or a Clippers game? Dodgers, Lakers, and Clippers. That's well, mo- that's all five. That would be all. That's fantastic. Now, for me, my number one, and I don't even know if you'd be able to. Can you guess what my number one is? Um, I'm gonna say this is gonna be hard. Um, I'll, I'll narrow it down to baseball for you. No, okay. I've been to Boston before. I've seen oh, yeah, the Celtics. I it is a baseball stadium. Ooh, this is gonna be hard. You could tell me. You might not know the name of the stadium, but you could tell me uh, the the team. Here, can you give me a hint? Is it... Um, National League. No, National... That's a hint. Wait, is that where um, the Washington Nationals play? Oh. Yes, National League. Do you give up? I'll give you one guess. Um, it's the second oldest stadium in all of baseball. I don't know. The number one oldest stadium in baseball is Fenway Park, which we've been to. It was built in 1912. This one was built in 19. 19- 14. It was originally called Wegman Park. Have you ever heard of that? I know. I don't think that you know what Wegman Park is. Washington Nationals. No, no. It was originally called Wegman Park, but in the 20s, it was the team was bought by a man who owns a company for gum. The Wrigley family bought it, and they renamed Wegman Park, which was called Cubs Park, Wrigley Field. Based on the oh. gum manufacturer. Yeah, that's one that I was, I wanted to visit, but that's not really on my top, and I wanted to visit that. Okay, so all the beautiful ivy covering the brick outfield wall. Um, it's the second oldest stadium in baseball, and then that's 1914. The third oldest is all the way up to the 60s, and that would be Dodger Stadium. Oh. So my favorite would be my number one wish list place to go to would be Wrigley Field. I wish I could go back to the Texas, I wish I could go back in time and go to the Texas Rangers Park before they build the new one because I want to be on the grass catching balls. That's true. Uh, Texas, I believe, is going to be debuting a brand new park this year because the other one, the, the one right beside it is closing. Here in Connecticut, we have no, no stadium like that. No baseball, only like like um, we got college, that's mostly it. Right. And meanwhile, Texas gets, they say everything's bigger in Texas. Texas gets a brand new stadium right next to the right next to the old one, right across the way. Hard hit in New Britain. That's all we have in baseball. That's true. And the Hartford Yard Goats. That's true. We have the Bees, which is going to be collegiate this year, and we have the Hartford Yard Goats. Wait, what does collegiate mean? Meaning a college. It's going to be a college team, so they're going to play over there. Ooh, 
are hitting New Britain's college now. Let's exactly. Go. Well, this is what we'll do is let's take a small break um, and then we'll come right back. We thank our listeners so much for um, letting us play Pepper in front of you. We promise not to hit any of you. Oh, we don't want to hurt anybody. And um, we'll be right back. Stay with us. Bye. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks so much for uh, being with us. And Joseph wants you to listen, subscribe, and share with your friends. So we hope that you'll enjoy future episodes with us. You want to play a little bit more, Pepper? Uh, yeah. And we'll, we, if you guys text my dad, we'll put you on the podcast as long as we know you. If you're a stranger, then no thank you. Okay, stranger danger, of course. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this, Joe. What do you think the most popular sports are for viewing and for fans in two parts, in the United States and in the world? It's actually different. In the United States, who do you, what sport do you think has the most fans for, for, for watching? Golf. Golf for the United States. And what about in the world, the whole globe? Does wrestling count or not? Like as a... As something like the whole world. Well, they they definitely have a lot of fans, but I will tell you, both of those are they weren't quite number one in in the U.S. The number one sport for viewers. Basketball. Nope, NFL. Due to the popularity of fantasy leagues and the Super Bowl. Wait, what? And in the world, the number one sport for viewing. Do you have a second guess? Golf. Soccer. Because Europe, Africa, Asia, and America, all together, 4 billion people follow soccer. It's not as popular in the United States, probably because the United States is fixated on scoring. And sometimes soccer games, one to nothing. I don't know, for some reason, it's not as popular in the United States. It gets very popular around the time of the World Cup, but they love their football. They love America's pastime, baseball. But in the world... It's soccer. So that's something definitely new. Um, Let's take a look at this for a second. If you're in a stadium, sold out, millions of people watching on TV, you're an athlete right now. The game is on the line. Your team's either going to get the trophy or you're going home. Remember, if you get knocked down, though, you got to get back up. What would you want to do at the last moment to win? Would you rather make a free throw kick a field goal or throw a strike with a baseball if the game was on the line and it was up to Joseph to win? If it was a strike, would you mean... You have to pitch one strike, you have to hit one free throw, or you have to kick one field goal. What do you think right now at seven years old you would do to win? win? Strike three, you're out. So you'd pitch a strike and just win. Boston wins. (laughs) All right, I like it. Just Here's the thing. When the game is on the line, what you have to do is be calm. Easier said than done. I've bowled sometimes almost a gutter ball sometimes when the thing was on the line. But stick to your routine, relax, breathe, take a deep breath, and then just do it. It's not easy, but when the game is on the line, whether it's making a free throw, a penalty kick, scoring a goal because you're down by uh, a goal, trying to get a base hit to send a runner in from third. What's your favorite? I I dread all of them. I wouldn't want to have to do any of them in front of a million people. But if you have to, if you're being given that opportunity one day, stick to all the practices, all the routines that you do. Take a deep breath, breathe, 
and just do it. That's what the best people do. They're able to calm themselves and do it. My second would be to do RKO on somebody. Oh, gosh. Okay. That's a different podcast on a different day, RKO. Okay. All righty. Now, I want to tell you about this. Did you know that doctors and coaches agree that the best, best athletes in all of sports, they're multi-sport athletes. They don't just stick with, I'm going to just do baseball all year. Like, I'm a multi-sport because I do basketball, baseball. You've um, taken karate. Soccer. Swimming. You've done soccer. You do swimming lessons. Exactly. Because the reason that they say that, Joe, is because you use different muscles. You're not wearing out the same muscle every single time. So you're less injury prone. You apply skills from one sport to another. Hand-eye coordination, balance, endurance. If you're a boxer, a fighter, some of the best boxers, they've taken dance because that means they're light on their feet. They have great coordination, great moves. Russell Wilson, who is probably an MVP candidate this year for the NFL, he's a fantastic quarterback scrabbling around because he was a baseball player. He was a shortstop and a second baseman. I believe he was actually affiliated with the Yankees organization and the Rangers. And he, everybody says, how do you get so comfortable sliding for a first down when people are trying to tackle him? It's because he knew how to slide playing baseball. So multi-sport athletes tend to be the best. Yeah. Can you imagine? Do you know what the Olympics are? Yeah, it's where like people try to race and the first one win gets a prize. Sure, Olympics have all different kinds of sports. You have the Summer Olympics and the Winter Olympics. You're um, participating in those not for yourself, but on behalf of your country. You're playing for the United States. And you have a chance to win a medal. First place is a gold medal. Do you know what second place is? Silver. And third place? Brown? Bronze. It is brown. It's called bronze. Exactly. And it, you play in different... i guessing, No, that was a good guess. It, you play in different kinds of sports like track and field, running, marathon, hurdles. You swim. You can skate. You can ski. So dream big, Joseph. You never know. Maybe the Olympics will call on you one day. They do it every four years for the winter, then the summer, then the winter, then the summer. All righty. Let's talk about this pepper question for a second. Is this going to be a slider or a curveball? Is this the, is this the um, seven? No, this is actually number nine of ten. If you were going to be a sports announcer one day, let's say you weren't playing, but you had a microphone in front of you just like we're doing today, millions of people are going to be watching you on TNT or, or, or you, can, you can be in the studio. And, Jojo and... likey. All right. Well, if you're going to be a sports announcer, the person that calls the – the, the actual action is called the play-by-play announcer. He's the one that says Stephen Curry's passing the ball up to Clay Thompson, and Clay Thompson goes ahead and lays it in, you know? And then the person, when the plays stop, he's the expert. They call him the color commentator. So he just goes ahead and comments, oh, you know, Clay Thompson, boy, he's fantastic. He's having a world-class year, and it's because he's been doing all that weightlifting in the offseason. So if you had a chance to be an announcer— which sport would you want to do it for? Would you want to do a slow sport where it's like baseball, where it's time between basketball. innings? Or would you want to do something fast and rapid? Basketball. You would? How come? Clay Thompson's going up the court, passes to Steph Curry. Steph Curry goes for the layup, makes it in. Steph Curry with the layup. All right, so you lo- you love the fast pace if you were an announcer. Because I have a good voice like this, and my dad laughs when I say something. Oh, boy, now you're getting into your alternate accents. All I right, had. so you like this, the speed of the game, 
you like that base uh, basketball rather than a slower sport where it's ball one, and then all of a sudden you wait a minute, and then all of a sudden he's going to throw another one. That's good. Okay, so you like the faster sports. Now, in Connecticut, this is a very unique sports state because we have no pro team aside from the WNBA. That's why UConn basketball for men and women is so popular. You've selected Boston, the city of Boston, to have to root for all the main teams. Yes. Red Sox. Yeah. Bruins. I almost said Yankees. Red Sox, Bruins. Um, Celtics. Celtics. Patriots. Why? Why have you not gone Yankees, Knicks, Jets, Giants, Rangers? I'm guessing it's probably because you're only seven years old. Ranger, uh, Rangers for hockey. Uh, I'm guessing it's because you're you're only seven and you've seen some championship trophies and some championship parades from the the Pats and and the Sox in 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 your seven years. But how did you how did you end up making that decision? There's actually another hockey team called the Jets. That's true, but they're from Canada. Huh? I thought they were on the. I think Winnipeg. Is it Winnipeg? I think the Winnipeg Jets. Oh. How did you end up going all Boston for our final question of of, of the podcast number one season I went two? All Boston because I like rooting against people. Oh, so that's the thrill. It feels good in my heart. Okay, so you know that there are some great teams out there, some evil empires. Bill, Dave, right? Bill, no, Dave, yes. Okay, and you Will, know who yes. they you know who they root for, right? So like mm-hmm. you got the you got the big time Yankees and you so you think it feels extra Eagles I mean not Eagles Sixers true you you like to be able to try and take those teams down would you well and be always ring the bell for no reason well that's how they start their games but that's weird. so that's that a lot of times people will pick their favorite teams based on their dad they'll base they'll do it based on where they live they'll do it based on what their friends at school do but you've kind of picked yours because. Mm-hmm. Not only have you seen a few championships, but you also like the fun of rooting against somebody. Yes. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Joseph, um, for being able to be with me on in the studio, the real studio. We're not in the bedroom now. We're not downstairs in the rec room. We're actually at the studio. And thank you so much for doing um, show number one of season two. I want to wish you Happy New Year, and I hope you have a fantastic year. Happy New Year. And thanks for being with me today. Thank you all the listeners. Joseph, I love you and we'll see you on, uh, you know what? We'll come back when the, the brackets are official and we'll do six minutes to an NFL champion. Is that a deal? Yes. All right. Love, lo- you, Dad. love you too. And we'll see you next time on Sliders and Curveballs. See ya. See ya. We're going to be ya. Bye-bye. Bye.